This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader. As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting Incorporated. Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I'm so glad you are here. I love hanging out with people who are motivated to be more and do more. It's exciting to be surrounded by positive people who want to grow and live to their full potential. I know that's you or you wouldn't have landed here. My goal in bringing you this podcast is to help you take control of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. Thank you for spending some time with me today. This is episode 025, Clean Up Your Messes and Declutter Your Life with Joelle Mickelson. Peter Walsh said, Clutter is not just stuff on your floor. It is anything that stands between you and the life you want to be living. When I read that, I was like, heck yes. A few years ago, I was studying to become a certified as a success principles coach. And to my surprise, one of the modules was dedicated to helping people clean up their messes and incompletes. I'll admit, at first, I wondered how this subject could be so important to warrant having an entire module of training, but I quickly realized how incompletes of any kind can create a barrier between the life you have and the life you want. That ended up being my favorite module of them all because in the training, we were encouraged to not only learn the training material, but live the training as well. One mess at a time, I was able to find clarity and freedom came with it. Jack Canfield teaches the four D's of completion. Do it, delegate it, delay it, or dump it. As an example from his book, The 101 Success Principles, if you have a piece of paper in your hand, decide then and there if you'll ever do anything with it. If not, dump it. If you can take care of it within 10 minutes, do it immediately. If you still want to take care of it yourself, but know you will not have time or it will take longer, Delay it by filing it in a folder of things to do later. If you can't do it yourself or don't want to take the time, delegate it to someone else you trust to accomplish the task. I know this works and I specifically use the 4D strategy in my business and it helps me stay focused and effective. There are many ways to tackle clutter and our guest today is going to help you clean up your messes to feel better, gain clarity, and be better for it. Joelle Mickelson is a mom to three amazing kids, a wife to her best friend, and a grandma of six beautiful babies. She is an ex-union employee of 18 years who went out on her own in August of 2019 to start her own organizing business called Motivated Spaces. She also has an apparel line and is loving living her passion of organize and design in both of her businesses. So welcome to the show, Joelle. I'm really excited that you're here. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thank you so much for having me, Corliss. So we're talking today about clutter, and of course it comes in many forms. We have our physical messes, we have undone stuff in our relationships, we've got stuff going on with finances or taxes or books. We've got so many things going on in our lives, and I know that this is an area you're really passionate about, and the, passionate to the point that you actually do it as a business. So I'm really excited for us to dive into this conversation. So maybe what we could do is, is just begin first with you telling us just a little bit about yourself, but also why you're so passionate about helping people clean up their clutter. Absolutely. So um, like Corliss mentioned, um, I am Joelle Sloboda Mickelson. I am the owner of Motivated Spaces. And I'll tell you my, my backstory on that because I think it's really important to this episode is when I was a kid, I was a pig. I was a pig and my parents still talk about how 
they cannot believe I'm the human being that I am today or I do what I do. But with that being said, as I got older, um, I started realizing real quick that I needed to start cleaning up my mess because I was a young parent, a single parent of three babies. So we all know that chaos and that whole situation. And I just started doing it where I started realizing this is getting easier. It's making my life easier. It's making my kids' life easier. It's making things run a little bit more smoothly. I started doing it for family and friends. And it was the one thing I kept going back to over and over and over again, where it wasn't work. It was the one thing I did that was this sick, guilty pleasure like eating chocolate. I absolutely loved it. And I turned it into a business. I did it for family and friends for free, just for fun. I really enjoyed it. The challenge, I love the challenges of all sorts. And I thought, why am I not getting paid for this? Actually, somebody brought that to my attention one day and said, why are you not getting paid for this? And never thought of it. Never thought of being a personal organizer. And I wasn't somebody who watched all the shows. We didn't have Netflix back then. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something I grew up with. And I all of a sudden started this business um, called, actually I started it called Everything in Its Place. Because I kept, that's one thing that I try and I, I, I help my clients with too, is everything in its place, everything in its place. So I called my company that. Then I realized I wanted to branch out and be a little bit broader because I think it's so much more than that. It's not just about your personal clutter in your home. It's not just about the spaces that you physically can touch. It's so much more than that, which is where Motivated Spaces came from. And I work with my clients with both their personal and physical messes, like clutter. And I think that that's like you touched on when we first, you know, you first introed was the mental, physical, and emotional state of clutter. So as you can tell, I'm extremely passionate about it. I still light up every time I talk about it. And I hope I do it for, you know, 40 more years. I still light up like this when I do it. So it's not work for me. I think it's really neat because you kind of just demonstrated for us that you'll never work a day in your life if you're doing something that you love. And clearly this is something that you love so much. So that's great. That kind of inspires the rest of us that what is it that I love? Now go do that, right? I can relate to that so much. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, exactly. What do you love and what ignites you? And I mean, it's, it's not, it's not common for most of us to be able to do that. Like, a lot of us aren't fortunate enough to do something they're so addicted to that makes them so happy. And I think, you know, we've all probably been asked too, um, if we've ever done any kind of um, self-development courses or read any books or listened to podcasts or, or um, anything down that, that road, if we've ever needed help. And, it, and the same question I think keeps coming back over and over again is, if you didn't need the money, what is the one thing that you would do? And mine keeps coming back to organizing. And I've tried lots of things. I mean, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur, so are you. Um, so are a lot of the people we surround ourselves with. But I keep going back to motivated spaces. I keep going back to decluttering people's lives. And I think that's where I knew when I'm just like, you know, it just keeps answering itself for me. This is what I need to do. This is what makes me happy. <laughs> so neat. That is honestly exactly how I feel. Every time I go back and I say, what do I really love doing? I always go back to, I love helping people grow. And there's so many ways to do that and so many different avenues. And of course, why I'm doing what I'm doing in my business as it is. So let's talk about the benefits. So you've referenced, you know, it's good for your emotional and mental health to be able to declutter. So, you know, talk about that maybe from the experience of as, you know, because are we talking physical clutter here? Or are we talking other types of clutter? There's so many different avenues to that. So I know, you know, there's a few times where I've um, sat down with people and I tried to explain to them because as soon as I say I'm a personal organizer, or I'm a professional organizer, they're like, you're what? And for some reason, everybody in the world still has not seen Marie Kondo or any of the clutter or hoarders or anything on television. Um, because it's, it's, it's a great episode. Those are great episodes to watch if you feel a little overwhelmed. And I think during COVID, everybody became united in a way where we all had common interest or there was a common ground. And people started realizing all of these different avenues and people all of a sudden jumped on television too and started watching all these decluttering shows. But 
when I have these conversations with people and we talk about like physical and mental and, and emotional clutter and chaos in their life, they don't often think, they think, okay, well, I need my pantry cleaned out and, and I need my kitchen or my garage done. There's so much more to it than that. Think about you walking in the house, picture yourself, and I'm a very visual person. So let's say you walk in the door after work. You've had a very long day and there's dishes piled up in the sink and the kids' toys are all over the house or your spouse is, you know, sitting there with laundry piling up or there's crap all over your driveway. That's, that's physical. That's, that's right there in your face. You can physically see it and touch it. Then there's the emotional part of it where you've got this stuff going through your head and there's lists. There's these lists that continually stream and stroll or, or roll through your head every single day. We all do it. And I think um, even more so now due to what everybody's just encountered over the last, in 2020. And it's that kind of stress that we're like, okay, so how do we deal with that? How do we deal with that emotional, um, how do, the, the emotional clutter and stress? Do we grab a piece of paper? Do we write it on the bed? Like I had to start years ago writing notes on my bedside table. And, and I, I just have these lists and, I, and I, it still happens, but I would keep a piece of paper beside the bed and I'd have to learn to, um, what's the word? I'd, I'd have to learn almost to like, let's, let's, let's prioritize, but let's, let's leave that till tomorrow. Let's, let's put that on the bedside, bedside and let's leave that and table it till tomorrow. So it would be anything from, you know, a phone call that I had to make, a bill that I had to be done, the kids' uh, appointments that had to be made, uh, whatever it may be, but it was something that I had no control of today and it wasn't going to change today. So it couldn't be done. The physical stuff is easy. I can walk in the house and I can do the dishes and that's done, but it's amazing what that stuff can then affect and trickle into every other part of our life. You take it to work, you take it to school, you take it into your relationship. It affects your friends. It affects your spouse. It affects your children. It affects your, it affects your sex life. It affects your financial situations. It affects everything. And I don't think people understand what clutter, whatever it may look like to you, can do to every, it's like this octopus with all of these tentacles. And it's like, it just trickles out to everything that you touch and connect with on a daily, weekly basis. And this is why I started working more with my clients with this is what it all kind of, this is what it does. And, and I think sometimes when we get rid of the physical stuff and I work with my clients with the emotional and mental stuff too, as we're doing it, and you watch that transition start to happen, i.e. the stress that is lifting off of them as we're getting through room by room by room, it's amazing how other things in your life will start falling into place. You know, that just totally makes sense to me because, you know, you referenced COVID when COVID first happened. So my son just turned 13 in January and he's been upstairs in a smaller bedroom and I've had my office downstairs. Now for about the last year or so, I've been in, the, in a bigger room. I had an office in a bigger room downstairs. And for the last year or so, I've been thinking, I really would love to have my office upstairs where there's more daylight. It's warmer because, of course, the basement is cooler and my son needs more space, but I just couldn't find the time. And it was going to be a big project to, like, move him downstairs, move me upstairs. When COVID hit and quarantine happened, it was like, oh, wow, we have this opportunity right now. So we did the switch. It took like an entire week and I was going through things and putting stuff away and it presented a whole opportunity for me to sort through things that were in the closet in both rooms and to repaint it. And honestly, I can tell you that the first time I sat in my office with the nice, beautiful light filtering in through the window upstairs and the first night that he slept in his bed downstairs I felt like an entire weight had been lifted off of me because I had been thinking so much about that project that needs to be done that never is getting done and that I never have time to do and it just shifted everything it's almost like it made it a happy place for me to come to work and he has all the space to hang out in his room now that he's older and and uh, you know, spends the time downstairs. So I completely get what you're talking about. There's an emotional connection and almost a freedom that goes with getting that project tackled too. Oh, um, 
that like you nailed it when you just said that emotional attachment um, or freedom, the emotional freedom is exactly what happens. And I, I can't explain how that feeling looks, but you literally see somebody breathe a little bit better. And it's like taking in a big deep breath when you're like that favorite <laughs> smell, you know, it's like fall, you walk outside and you're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. That's, that's this euphoric kind of state that somebody, it, and I know it sounds maybe a little dramatic, but it's true. It's true what it does to take that clutter or create a space that makes you happy or you feel a little bit more organized. You feel like you, you know, key is getting your time back. You're be, you've been given back time. The amount of time it takes to think about the crap that you shouldn't be having to deal with because you're just letting things pile up or all of the messes that are physical in your life, the time that it gives you back is immeasurable. It really is. Like you don't have to come home now and clean. You, because things are run a little bit smoother or things get put back when you're, when you're finished with them. And that's the simple little steps you start with. Don't think of this as this has to be anything grand. And 90% of the time, people just don't know where to start. And I, I, I've, I've met with many people that it's like, don't be embarrassed to ask for help. This is what the professionals that are in my profession do. We are here to do this for you and to help you with this. Whether that, whatever that may look like, if that means me coming in or a professional coming in or somebody that you need to sit and talk to that is, is helps with these kind of things is that you just need to get started. That may look, they may look like a couple of hours of sitting down with somebody or them walking you through um, maybe your financial situation or a physical situation in your home or even sitting down with um, a counselor or somebody that can go, okay, can we prioritize together? And can we start small? Baby steps is key. You have to start baby steps. So when you created that space that you loved going to every day, it was probably neat. It's the way you wanted it designed. It had everything that you needed it to for the, to run your business. It makes you feel emotionally, it makes you feel better. And you actually enjoy starting to go to work and you become more productive. That's so true. And I think that can apply to every room in our house, honestly. Like when you go into your bedroom, do you get a feeling of peacefulness or do you have this stress lagging over you because there's, you know, clutter everywhere and you kind of pile stuff up. There's too many clothes in your closet. Just on Sunday, I happened to go through my entire closet. I could not believe how many things I haven't worn in forever. And true transparency here because some of those clothes, I really want to wear them, but let's face it, they're not going to fit me again for a while so it's like it's time to clean it out and instead of taking it completely out and just you know getting rid of it because I still have hopes that I can wear some of those pieces of clothing I decided it would be much wiser instead of having it in my space in my face all the time causing me the stress and making me not be able to find things that I'm looking for because my closet is so cluttered I decided to actually take the things that I really love and I still want but just maybe are a little too tight right now and I put them into a downstairs closet in like a special special corner of the closet so someday I can come back to them if I want to maybe a little bit down the road but what I'm describing or what you've described here is freedom because when you clean things up you're going to feel a sense of freedom and I can honestly tell you in my office every day when I go in here it's not finished yet because I haven't even taken the time to go and buy the desk that I want but every day that I come in here I feel more joy because I specifically had it designed of how I wanted it to feel coming into this space it's nice and bright and it just feels good so freedom is really what it's created for me and I, I think it will for the audience as well if they go ahead and they do that sort of thing now let me just ask you here because you talked about getting a professional but today the listeners actually get some free insights of where to start so let's let's do a step-by-step -step from you a professional organizer step-by-step -step, how people could do it for themselves if they wanted to start today okay this is my favorite part. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's start with step one. So first and foremost, let's decide if, okay, so you're going to walk into your house, into a special room that's always been bugging you. And we all have that room. We all have that room that we close the door. We shove one more thing into the linen closet, the laundry room. Those are key or the spare bedroom. Always in the closet, under the bed, wherever it may be. 
first thing you need to do is remember this, this does not have to happen overnight and you do not have to take on this whole project all at once. Start with the smallest project first. Under the kitchen sink, under the bathroom sink. Those are easy. Dollar Store has the most amazing clear bins. Clear bins are key if they're gonna be somewhere, I think manageable, where you can have something like small under the sink or in your linen closet. I like storage bins, really, really durable ones with click lids like for the garage. But in your home, clear containers that you can visually see something. If you're not somebody who likes to label and have all the pretty colors, you don't have to. Do not feel for one second that you have to follow the TLC shows you watch because that is not manageable or reasonable for 80% of the population. And I promise you that. Anybody that I've worked with, 99% of them are like, I don't care. Just, I just want this done and make the bins that I have work. So please don't feel like you need to go out and spend $20,000 on brand new storage units for your garage and the home. You don't need to. Start purging things one at a time. So let's start with the kitchen under or the kitchen sink or under the bathroom sink. Actually, that's where we always have all these different little mishmash of things. Everything pull out, pull everything out from under the cupboards. And then from there, you're going to put everything in a pile and you're going to have four piles. A lot of people talk about three, but you're going to have four. You're going to have your purge, which is your garbage, donate, charity, family, friends. That's one. Wherever you choose to purge that to, mostly that's going to be a garbage pile. Then you have yourself, whether it be marketplace, a garage sale, or Kijiji, then you have your sale, sale package or pile, sorry. Then you have your repurpose. Is there going to be somewhere that it's going to be able to be out and visible and used in your home? So if it's going to be something such as a seasonal thing, obviously there's a place for that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those kind of things that like you talked about with your, with your clothes. Are we keeping things for a rainy day? Are we keeping things that, you know, just in case we lose another 20 pounds, are we keeping that kind of thing? Or are you keeping something on a shelf or in under the stairs somewhere and thinking, I don't want to get rid of that. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I don't want to get rid of it yet, but it's been sitting there for two years, get rid of it. It's time to go. If you cannot display it somewhere in your home and repurpose it and use it, whether it be um, a little vase that you can throw some coffee grounds in or, or, or a planter or, or whatever that, that you have kicking around that you're holding for a rainy day, let it go. It's probably going to sit there for another two years. So the four piles, the purge, the garbage, the donate, so the charity, family, friends, the sell, Kijiji Marketplace, garage sale, and the repurpose, something that can be reused in your home and brought out on display. So from there, what we're going to do is then we're going to get rid of what you need to do and, and, and set yourself little piles of homework. So my clients always get homework and they get a little tiny package that's manageable. I always say, throw something in a tote, sit in front of your favorite television show, get a little garbage bag beside you and go through just that. That's your job for today. That's it. The next day, pick it up when you can. And then everything goes back in its place in families. So if you're taking on an entire project for a house, what this will look like under the sink, for instance, then you have your toiletries, you have your hair products, you have your toilet paper, but keep everything together in its own kind of family. Then you have your tools. If you're doing a garage or your linens, linens stay with linens. Don't try and have everything all mishmashed together in it. Like I've seen closets where there's clothes, there's linens, there's toys, there's all your cleaning products, there's your vacuum. It's so overwhelming for people because it just turns into this big mash of clutter. Keep your appliances together with each other. So your crock pot and your rice steamer. And if you have the space for stuff like that. Another thing is a seasonal thing, roasting pans. Can that go out in a tote in the garage and label it? Because you're probably only gonna use that for Christmas and Thanksgiving. So that's where I would start with any one of my clients. And I think that's very manageable for anybody is if you set yourself up to know that it's gonna be small projects at a time, don't try and take over the whole house all at once. Start with just little things like under the, under the cupboards or linen closets. Those are super easy. Pull everything out. Refold your towels properly. 
you'd be amazed at how much space is available in your closet alone if you just refold things properly. And then put everything with, it, with each other, the sheets, the pillowcases, the towels. Another thing that I wanna just mention too, why does everybody seem to need 20, 30 towels? You don't. If there's a family of two, and I've seen it, like 30, 40 towels in the linen closet, it doesn't make sense. There's two of you. You need two towels, I'd say 10. Two for each of you, seven days a week. Let's go 14 at the worst, worst case scenario. But we always use our towels again and again for a couple of days. But I'm just right there is just a perfect example of how a few things that we can just let go and purge. Mm -hmm. I like it. Okay, so I have to ask the question just because I brought it up myself. So I shouldn't have kept those clothes that I moved to that little secret closet downstairs that I really hope I still get into. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. Oh. I'm not going to use them again. Come on, it's giving me a goal. I really don't want to let it go. I want to fit those clothes again. They're so beautiful. Okay, so let's go. <laughs> let's go back to this, just so that I have this right. So start with a small project. Pick a small project one at a time right? That's what we're saying. And you get clear bins and then you sort as you go through. So take on the small project, like under the kitchen sink, under the bathroom sink, a closet, you know, a junk drawer, whatever it is, you purge, sell, donate, or repurpose. So there's four piles. And then what's left, you sort it into families. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So that, that all of that stuff that we talked about, those four piles, there's only one that you are going to be repurposing in the house. So once you're doing the purge, donate, and, and sell, those are physically leaving your home. And gotcha. the repurpose is all that you're left with, which is that in itself is an amazing feeling. And can I just say something too? You had mentioned, um, what was it that you mentioned? Oh, a, a junk drawer. I do not believe in a junk drawer. Nobody should have a drunk junk drawer. There's all it is, is junk. That's why it's called junk. So get rid of it. If you have need pens and a paper, like in mine, I have a tray and Ikea, I love you. Um, they have these beautiful little trays and I wish I could show you right now, but okay, let's visualize this. They're these tiny little trays and they're compartmentalized. I put Velcro on the bottom of them, like double-sided tape, and I situate them in my drawers in my kitchen. And I have, um, let's say my chip bag clips, I have those in one. And if I am overflowing, if I have too many, my kids get the rest. I don't need anything more than what fits in that tiny little tray. In one of my other trays, there's my garage door opener. There's some, uh, a few paper clips because I use them. And then there is some wine, um, some miscellaneous uh, a wine thing plug because I never use, uh, we don't really have that kind of stuff. So it's just like a, my, a couple of little one-ofs, but there's like four different things in there. And then my Wi-Fi password. That's it. That's my junk drawer. And it's probably uh, three inches by two inches. Mm, I love it. And, you know, I get this feeling. So everybody in the audience, I just want you to think for a moment of how great it would feel for you to have tackled that, you know, drawer or that under the sink or that closet or whatever it is that's been preying on you and driving you crazy and it's sitting in the back of your mind. And think about what it would be like to have that totally cleaned up and organized just think and sit with us for just a second and then just imagine how great it's going to feel and then take Joelle's advice and slot a time that you're going to go and you're going to tackle that project and then just focus on it and get it done. And at the end of it, you're just going to feel so good and it's going to be like you've let, let go of some baggage that you really didn't need to be carrying around anymore. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And I think too, like I was really fearful when COVID happened and everybody was watching like all of these uh, organizing shows. And I thought I'm going to be out of business. Everybody and their dog is learning how to DIY. Everybody's learning how to purge and declutter and everybody's taking this time to do it, but I'm still busy and I'm still getting work. However, what I've found is that it's with those that think again, Oh my God, Rome was built in a day. I need to take all of this on at once. I promise you, Start baby steps, just one little drawer at a time, one little cabinet at a time, just start there. I will forever um, be available for like this. This is fantastic. I'm so glad you're doing this for your clients and, and your audience, Corliss, because 
people need this. Like they need the reality check of um, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not a pig. It doesn't, this, 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 this is not what defines you is this mess and this clutter. And I think like, don't beat yourself up. It's, it's okay that we all have busy lives. That's why we need help sometimes. And maybe listening to their, your podcast today is going to be exactly that. Okay. This doesn't have to be overwhelming. We're just going to start here and one day at a time. And if it doesn't pick up again till next week, that's okay. It's, you know, it's, it's okay. You're starting. That's the main, main point is you're starting. Yeah, because otherwise it can just become so overwhelming. I really like what you're saying. I call it paralysis by analysis. Like sometimes I just have felt so overwhelmed by so much stuff that has to be done and so many things have piled up that I look at it and it's like I'm just paralyzed. I just can't even begin. So I like the idea of breaking it down to just the the first small step. Although I'm going to just tell you a little story about um, how I made myself accountable because maybe there's somebody out there that is like, no, I want to tackle something big because sometimes I'm just the small stuff like you're describing and that's a great place to start. But once I've started, sometimes then I'm just like, I'm going to do an entire room. And there was this one time I set myself a goal because what I know about myself is that I need to reward myself. There has to be a reward for me like getting at something and it inspires me. It actually motivates me to do it. Kind of like your motivated spaces. If I um, get an end result, then it motivates me. Like I know because I get something after I complete it. So I had decided that I really wanted a Dyson. A vacuum. I really wanted a Dyson. It was just so big for me. It was like, I want to buy a Dyson, but I wouldn't allow myself to buy it without selling the things that I needed to, to earn the money through decluttering to go and get my Dyson. So I took one room and I pulled out everything that was a mess because my girls had left home. There was stuff left behind. There was things that obviously they weren't taking with them. And I just pulled it out and I put it like in the center of my kitchen. And I just like literally just pulled it out and it was all piled up there. That made me, because I like after I did that, I had no choice. I either had to deal with it and put it and get my garage sale ready or put it on buy and sell or do whatever I had to do, or I had to just pile it back in the room again. So it was like, well, I might as well just get this done. It was like I made myself accountable. And it was so cool because I did the garage sale and I know I needed $750 for this particular Dyson that I wanted to buy and as soon as I had $750 I left my son to look after the people who were coming to the garage sale and I went and bought myself a Dyson it was so fun I even took pictures with it is that weird (laughs) no that's fantastic you set yourself a goal and you made yourself accountable to like you know this is what the end goal was and that's like huge if you can do something like that and go I I mean I have a lady that came to me the other day and she said uh I'm starting a new job this has to happen now, you know? So this is her fire. This is the fire under her butt to say, this is pushing me and giving me, you know, um, I guess motivation to do this and get it done now. And yours was this Dyson, which is exactly, um, that's key to getting an end project. You pulled it all out and now you have to deal with it. You don't have a choice. So that's fantastic that you did that. Well, you know, the other part of that is, is that some of the stuff, because it was my daughter's and of course they had left home and it was a little bit hard for me. I think I had been procrastinating on dealing with that stuff because of the emotional connection I had to a lot of that stuff. So I found something that kind of motivated me and inspired me because it made it easier to let that stuff go because I knew I wanted to get this other thing. So it just made it simpler. I don't know. It's, it's such a, it's such a small subject, but yet so big in so many ways because it really did it really did help me kind of move forward with even my own life and having my home for me now without my girls in it. I think too, um, and and okay, so I just with you touching on that, with you being emotional about it, um, that's one thing I want people to to understand too that are listening to this. Um, often people think that they can just walk into someone's life, whether it be their parents or their kids, um, and just start decluttering and purging everything. Me being that I'm, I'm a purging addict and I, I love to organize absolutely everything. Like I'd come over to your house and if you let me, I would organize your covers. <laughs> and it's like a lot of fun for me, which is really messed up with my kids. They hate it. None of my kids are like me and they have no desire 
to like, they'll help me. They'll, they come to work with me. They love, they're great at it in their own lives. They don't choose to be like me. That's okay. So when mom comes over, like, especially my son-in-law, he's like, "Ugh, your mom's coming over. That means we have to clean the kitchen. Like, you know, and it's like, well, you know, kind of, yeah, but you can't teach. It's not that you can't teach somebody, but you can't make somebody be organized. So if I was coming into your home, one thing that you have to have a lot of empathy for is that those and what is personal and, and sentimental to you may mean nothing to them, but that's none of your business. That's none of anyone else's business to come into your home and tell you what you should or shouldn't get rid of. I cannot come into anyone's space and say, that paperclip, that's garbage. And I'm talking, I have dealt with stuff like that, where it's something as small as that, Yes, that's purposeful, but I'm just, I'm exaggerating here. It's something so simple that would seem like nothing to me, but to them, it has a lot of value, whatever that may be. You can literally hurt somebody and cause stress and depression and triggers, emotional triggers in somebody by you coming in there and just starting to rampage through people's stuff and like, let's, let's go, let's go, let's go. You have to have a lot of empathy for when you're ready. You were ready when you decided you were ready. I could not come into your home and start doing these kind of things to you until you're ready. If I'm right now, for instance, I'm really bad at paperwork. My paperwork sucks. I hate it. It's the one thing. It's like a contractor that never finishes their basement. That's me with paperwork. I need to go through and get that. I need to hire a bookkeeper. So I reached out to you to actually, I need help, Coralist, and tell me where I can go to get this because I'm ready. I'm ready and I need all of this done, but I need help from somebody else. I need a professional that's really good at getting me going. So I'm getting exactly what I give to people. I'm gonna, I need that from somebody else because that's not my strong suit. So you have to be, this is what I'm, I'm getting at is you have to be, um, empathetic. You have to be empathetic and understanding that um, like any other um, thing that we need to be ready for, and this is the big task to declutter and purge in our life. Um, however that may look, you have to be ready and people can't push you to do that. So I'm glad you waited until you were ready to do that because you could have had regrets actually to do it too soon. Mm, I like that. Thanks. Thanks. I, I really think that that's a key thing. I really do. And you also said something else that's key. So there's different areas of our lives. So I'm like you in the way of paperwork is not my favorite. Doing taxes, not my favorite. It's like the least favorite part of my business is dealing with that. And therefore, I get behind on it a lot, which I think a lot of the people listening today, if you've got something that you really don't enjoy doing, you're going to procrastinate, you're going to let it pile up. And then it's this big daunting mess that you've got to clean up that you know plays in the back of your mind all the time and causes you stress and anxiety and upset until finally you have to do it. So what Joelle is explaining here is her and I over a cup of coffee realized that we're a lot the same in regards to that part of our business. So I had found this amazing bookkeeper <clears throat> pardon me, that basically took that on for me. And it made my life so much easier. So I was thrilled to be able to share that with Joelle to say, you know, go in, you know, talk with my bookkeeper because she can maybe help you with that. So there's different areas of your life that you maybe could actually enlist professionals to take on that thing that you always let pile up because you just don't like doing it. So just keep that in mind as well. Are you an entrepreneur growing a direct sales business from home? If you are, I am excited to offer you my newest course, The Secrets to Sales Success. This is your step-by-step -step guide to creating a successful direct sales business no matter what product you sell. I know what it's like to be managing all the responsibilities of home and family while trying to grow your business. This course will help you get and keep customers. It will help you clarify what you want to achieve and find the motivation and focus to get it done. The program launches soon and the link with more information or to purchase is in the show notes or at coreless.ca. Now, Joelle, what advice would you give to someone who's having a hard time letting go of their things? Well, that's a really tough question because 
if we're talking about, I mean, keepsakes, I think there's a place for keepsakes. I really do. I have um, a trunk that I, I went through. Actually, I went through with my kids. So I kept, okay, this is a little too much information, but it's going to freak a few people out. But I think this is transparency is key. I was so bad and addicted to my kids when they were babies. I kept everything they touched, every piece of paper that they put a mark on. I kept their umbilical cords. <laughs> I did not want to let anything go. My kids, when they were old enough, we went downstairs to our basement. And this is just one area that you may need some help in because these meant everything to me. And I know for a fact that people have this kind of emotional attachment to things that, it, um, you know, especially with baby boomers that have to go through mom and dad stuff. This is, this is, you know, really an emotional process. So I had to go through with my kids. I chose to go through with my kids. And anybody out there that's listening that has parents that are getting older, i.e. in their 80s, 90s, 70s, start doing this now and asking them what needs to be kept or let go of or hire somebody or get the assistance from family and friends to do this sooner than later. And I'm telling you that because a lot of the baby boomers and up, those generations, this is where people kept absolutely everything. Mom and dad are still living in the same house they did from 1920. I mean, that's okay, 1930. And they've kept absolutely everything. And they, everything was of value to them. Us, my generation, I'm 46 years old. We don't do that anymore. We, unless we hoard things, unless we have a certain tendency to hold on to absolutely everything, most of our generation, so any of us that are 50s and under, we are getting to be minimalists. So I had to physically go down into the basement with my three kids and I had to do the process with them because I felt so guilty about letting anything go. The umbilical cords freaked every single one of them out. They were like, throw it out now. So I did. And, and I'm saying this was probably, the kids are 20, twins that are 26 and another that's 25. So they were probably, I'd say, a good age for them to be able to mentally understand that what mom was doing was probably, I'd say, 10 or 11 years old. And they were like, why are you keeping papers that have marks on them, mom? You don't even, who did this even? Which one of us did this? I'm like, I don't know. I just, you touched it. So I kept it. So a process like that, I needed to go through with my kids um, because it was so, I was so emotionally attached and invested in it. And, and I could not bear the fact if I let something go that my kids really loved and they wanted to be a, like, I mean, of course I kept all their handprints. That was a given. I compressed everything down into a small trunk. And I took their first little clothes that they went home with. I, all their handprints, that's, that I would not get rid of. I took out any little letters they ever wrote me, any weird little clay things that they made, I actually put out in my home and put a pen in, or I utilized it for some Q-tips, or I used it. It may be fugly, but you know what? Who cares? Like, that, is, that, was, that was what I needed to do. I needed to repurpose it, so I needed to use it. If I wasn't going to use it, why am I carrying all, like, you know, clay stuff that they made? But you're going to go through this, whether it be an article of clothing, whether it be junk that's sitting in your, and I say junk with respect, but sitting in your garage or keepsakes from your children, it's going to be a process. Again, you need to be ready for it. You need to set aside a time, maybe go through with a family member or the particular person that you're holding on to. If a loved one's died and you can't let something go, if you don't need the physical part of it, take a picture of it. Take a picture of it so at least you have that memory and you have that to always look back on and create a little digital album so that you're not fully letting go of it. And that sometimes makes things a, a lot easier. Um, I just had this conversation actually with somebody yesterday who their son builds absolutely everything out of cardboard. And he's a genius. Like six years old, this kid's already going to be an engineer, you can tell. And this mom feels guilty about letting all this stuff go. And I'm like, then start digitalizing it. Just take pictures and put it in a little album for him but make sure you're taking pictures of it because i think that's really key you have those memories and that digital footprint is huge i think that's important uh it takes up zero space in your life 
And that's a good place to start. So long-winded answer, but I think that was key on touching on all those points. Mm-hmm. I like that. I really like that digital um, footprint, like to have that. The other thing too, is I think sometimes when it's really sentimental things, you know, we can see if there's someone in our family that it would mean just as much to that wants it. And uh, I think, well, in all of my training and all of my coaching, what I always come back to is that we will do things when we're struggling. So if the struggle becomes hard enough, meaning struggle, like it's, it's, you know, that clutter is causing you stress and the struggle becomes hard enough, you'll eventually be inspired to act on it and do something about it. And you've given us some really good steps here for how to actually, you know, manage it, even if it's emotion, you're emotionally connected to it and it's a sensitive subject for you. You, uh, if the struggle is hard enough, you will become inspired to do something about it. And you've given us the steps here to be able to do that. Is there anything else, any other advice, like on this subject that you want to add before I ask you my three closing questions? You know what? No, I, I think, um, I think we really touched on the key things that are so important for you to not just try not to make this an overwhelming process. Try to understand that, um, I think in everybody's life, Okay, so I said no, but now I'm, <laughs> I'm touching on <laughs> I think that, um, you know, don't, don't have bigger expectations than what you know you're capable of. So don't overcommit. You know, it's kind of like a workout routine or a diet. If you know that's not going to work for the human being that you are, the type of personality you are, then don't commit. Don't overcommit to it because you're just going to let yourself down. And anytime, you know, there's a million resources out there available. So there's Pinterest, there's YouTube, there's family and friends, and there's services that you can do to hire something like this. If you don't have the funds and you don't have the means to be able to have somebody do this for you, please like get on YouTube and start searching a little bit and learning how to get through this a little bit because it's only going to help. It's only, and you're going to realize too, there's amazing groups out there that people can communicate with each other and go, Oh my God, I'm going this exact through this exact same thing. How did you do it? You know, and, and you don't have mm-hmm. to have kids. You don't have to have multiple jobs or running in seven different directions. It could just be your emotional stuff that you need some help with. That's it. That's cluttered. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like it. And what would they search? So somebody wants to go to YouTube, somebody wants to find like other people who are trying to declutter and, you know, lighten their load and their mental and emotional health with letting go of some things. So what would they search? Well, because I watched um, the, uh, the social dilemma, God forbid, if you watch that and you realize what the digital footprint is or what the footprint we put out into the world when we search things, the internet knows your tendencies. They know your likes and what you're prone to be searching. So if you just simply search in declutter, all of these other ideas and suggestions are going to pop up for you. Declutter your, your, your kitchen, declutter your, you know, you could declutter your emotional state. You could declutter your personal life, how to, how to assist with, you know, decluttering or purging friends, you name it, you can Google search it and it's going to come up with multiple, thousands of videos Pinterest is going to come up with a ton of boards and step-by-step to teach you how to do it there's a million blogs out there where people teach you step-by-step-by-step on how and where to start we don't always have the same ideas and we're not all you know teaching the same process those of us that are personal organizers but the basis the foundation of it all you know runs about the same so Anything that you want to type in there, like declutter or organize, you'll have a million opportunities out there to find something that is going to work for you. Awesome. And I think the key there is find something that's going to work for you. For the audience that's listening and that is going to become obsessed with, you know, finding videos and searching and blogs and finding different things on how you can declutter, just remember, leading your life always comes down to you have to take action. That's always a step that you have to take. So start small, just but just begin, okay? So, Joelle, the three final questions that I always ask my guests begins with, what does leadership mean to you? Yeah, um, that is a huge question. Um, But being true to myself, I would say to me, me personally, it's definitely being transparent. Um, Having humility is huge. And being somebody that inspires people to grow, to be better. 
So standing for that, be true to that. Um, always be yourself. Always be yourself. If you see yourself or you're like, that's the type of leader that, that you earn to be, uh, I would definitely say stay true to yourself. And it's okay that you're not going to be for everybody else. But I think, um, you know, circle yourself with your people. Be, be, you know, you'll, I think being transparent and, and humility, I think will, will um, almost like addict or, or bring in um, your kind of people that you want to circle yourself with and grow with. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of like we're our own digital footprint when we show up as ourselves and are, are true to who we are and spread that example. Awesome. Thanks so much. Now, what is, if I know there's tons of books and podcasts out there, but I really am just a lifelong learner. I've dedicated myself to like constantly learning. So I ask this question of my guests in the final close always because not only do I want to continue to learn, but I believe the people who listen want to learn as well. So is there a book or a podcast that you'd really like to recommend right now that was kind of a game changer for you? Yeah, if you asked me that question 26 years ago, I will tell you the same, same uh, there's two. So 26 years ago, The Secret changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. I was a gambling addict. I was going nowhere. I lost everything. And I had nothing. And I was a mother of three babies um, at the time. And uh, that just learning that small, tiny read could do so much for my life. Um, I would recommend it till the day I die. As I got older, yes, last year, I listened and watched, or two years ago now, The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. That was my second massive shift in my life. And that was so pivotal for me just getting my ass out of bed. As simple as it was, five, four, three, two, one. Get up and do it. Hit play, hit record, hit go live, make that phone call, ask that question, Again, repeatedly, I can't tell you how many times I've counted down and done that. I, I can't say enough about that book. Beautiful. And that could apply to our subject today and our topic of discussion because it could be five, four, three, two, one. I need to get at that project that's under my bathroom sink. Awesome. Now, if you, I mean, everybody has highs and lows. I mean, life is made up of highs and lows, you know, in every aspect of our lives. If you were only able to leave one piece of final advice for the world, what would you want to leave people with? Prioritize what's important to you in your life and never, ever compromise, ever. Who is important? What is important? And don't compromise that. Absolutely awesome. Thank you again for being here today. I have enjoyed this conversation so much. I'm sure the audience has as well. And I really appreciate you took the time to share with us today. Thanks, Joelle. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Corliss. Have a great day, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.